My latest book has been released. Chunks of Terror, Volume 1. Over 20 scary stories are waiting for you. Go to Amazon and search for Chunks of Terror or go to maniacontheloose.com slash books. If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. <laughs> Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and enjoy the ride. It's trying to kill me. When I got the call about a disturbance at the Hamlet Hotel, my heart skipped a beat. It wasn't known as the most haunted hotel in Nashville for nothing. The Hamlet Hotel is a luxurious, full-service hotel in the heart of Music City. It was built in the 1920s in an Italian Renaissance style and is home to over 400 rooms, a presidential suite, multiple restaurants, and two sweeping ballrooms. It's a staple of Nashville's historic skyline. Our precinct gets called out to the hotel at least twice a week. I always hope those calls come in when I'm not on the clock. The head of security of the hotel used to be on the force with me. He's told me some tales, like the maids always complaining that after making up the beds, they'll leave the room for a minute and return to find the beds messed up again. Or the bartender telling him that every single night, something unforeseen slaps a glass off the bar, sending it shattering to the floor. Guests are constantly complaining about hearing windows open and doors slamming. People call him nightly frightened because they hear someone in their room whispering. But every time they check it out, there's nobody there. And I personally have experienced some scary situations. I was called in for a suicide. A young woman had shot herself in the head on the balcony of one of the rooms. I was the first officer on the scene. As I looked over the body, I heard giggling coming from within the hotel room and could hear a voice whisper, I made her do it. Then I heard water running. I rushed to the bathroom and found the water faucets had been turned on. I was alone in the room. No one else could have done it. I would have seen them. Another time, a 12-year-old boy was found murdered. Someone had pounded his head against the hotel room wall until he died. Guests in the neighboring room said they could hear the boy screaming for help. They tried unsuccessfully to get into the room. Again, I was the first officer on the scene. When security unlocked the door, I tried to push it open, but someone slammed it back in my face, leading me to believe the murderer was still in the room. 
We opened the door again and experienced the resistance once more. It felt like someone was trying to push the door closed to keep us out. When we finally shoved it open, the only thing we found was the dead body of the boy. No one else was in there. To this day, I've never been able to explain what the issue with that door was. One time, the head of security called me up, insisting that he went into one of the hotel rooms and found bloody handprints all over the walls. When I got there and we entered the room, there were no handprints. The room looked normal, but he still persisted that there had been bloody handprints on the walls. I was asking him if he could have been mistaken about the room number when I felt the temperature drop. Within a few seconds, it felt as if we were in a meat locker. Suddenly, I felt someone tug on the back of my hair. I turned around and there was nobody there. I hate going to the Hamlet Hotel, but there's more to it than just hatred. The fact is, I'm scared of it. As I sped down the streets toward the hotel, my heart began to race. I knew something unexplainable was waiting for me. I could feel it in my bones. It was 2.30 a.m. when I entered the lobby. I expected to be met by hotel security, but was surprised when it was a front desk clerk who rushed up to me. She was hysterical and frightened. She informed me that there was a woman on the fourth floor in room 401 who was screaming out in terror. I asked her where hotel security was and she explained that two of them had already gone up there, but had not returned. I had to find out what was going on so I rushed to the elevator and took it to the fourth floor. The elevator was sluggish and vibrated as it moved and the lights began to flicker. In between the third and fourth floor, the elevator started to shake violently and the lights shut off. I could hear the roar of the elevator's motors whimper to silence, followed by an abrupt halt. I had to be close to the room because I could hear the woman screaming. I couldn't make out what she was saying, but she was screaming for her life. I managed to slide my fingers between the elevator doors and pry them apart a few inches. I was able to wedge my baton inside the doors just enough to pry them open. I was stuck between floors, so all I saw was a dirty concrete wall directly in front of me, but then I noticed that I could see an approximate three-foot opening at the top of the elevator that led to the fourth floor. I jumped up to the opening and struggled to crawl through. The top half of my body was on the fourth floor, while the bottom half of my body was still dangling within the elevator. That's when I heard the shriek of the elevator cables giving way and could feel the elevator begin to move. I managed to heave myself up onto the third floor mere seconds before the plunging elevator cut me in half. I immediately pushed that horrific experience to the back of my mind and rushed to the door of the screaming woman. Beyond the door I could hear pounding and crashing noises. I could also finally make out the words the terrified woman was screaming over and over. It's trying to kill me! I took a strong stance and kicked the door wide open. The first thing I saw were the bodies of the two security guards. Their faces had been beaten into sickening bloody pulps. Beyond them I saw the unbelievable sight that I'll never forget. A petite Japanese woman in her early 40s was being thrown around the room 
by nothing. There was nobody else there except for her, yet she was being tossed about like a rag doll. She was being slammed into the walls and against the furnitures. Her eyes were wide and fright-filled, and she kept screaming over and over, It's trying to kill me! It's trying to kill me! I rushed to the woman's aid and was aggressively shoved to the ground by an unseen force. I jumped back up to my feet, grasped the small woman by the ankles, and began to pull her. I could see her arms extend outward and found myself in a human tug-of-war with an invisible, malevolent entity. Within a few seconds, the resistance from the other end of the woman gave way, and she fell to the floor. I implored her to run as I felt unusually long, skeletal fingers wrap around my entire head and face. The pressure was overwhelming, and as my face began to be slammed against the wall, I realized I was about to experience the same fate as the two security guards. That's when I felt a tiny Japanese woman tugging at my arms. She didn't have to come back and help me, but she did, and suddenly I felt the ghostly grasp release me. Neither of us wasted our few seconds of opportunity. The small woman and I raced out of room 401. As we dashed down the fourth floor's rose-colored corridor, we could hear the door to room 401 slam shut. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. <laughs> Visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com Sign up for our newsletter and I'll give you some free stuff. We'll see you soon. Very soon. The Roswell UFO Incident This is what really happened. Only 99 cents or free with Kindle Unlimited. Also available in paperback or audiobook. Go to Amazon and search for The Roswell UFO Incident or go to maniacontheloose.com slash books. Fragments of Fright, the complete series, is now available. All five volumes of the international best-selling series bundled together into one convenient, horrifying collection. Go to Amazon and search for Fragments of Fright, complete series, or go to maniacontheloose.com slash books.